0: Hey friends, thank you so much for joining us on the Abbey Podcast. We are working to help you notice and nurture the work of God in your life, in the life of others, and in the world around you. One small thought we'd ask you to keep in mind is that our teachings, our conversations, and the stories that we tell are primarily meant for our local faith community in Columbus, Ohio. We're happy to share this with you as a gift, and we hope that it could serve you in some way.
1: I just remember the word going through my mind over and over again, it Was just like, I'm so thirsty for this. Like, I'm so thirsty for this. And so then the Lectio was on at the well, and I just remember encountering God in a way that I hadn't in years. Like, it just felt like water when um, I was sitting in silence, that Hannah was leading. And then when that passage came up, it was, I just felt like God was saying to me, like, I want you to have, a full life, not this, like barely holding it together life.
0: Hey friends, welcome to the Abbey podcast. This is Jared Boyd and I'm joined by my friend, Hannah Estabrook. What's up? What's up, Hannah? How are you doing today?
2: I'm great. Good. Thanks. How are yeah.
0: you? I'm doing great. Hannah and I just both enjoyed uh, about sixteen ounces of iced cold brew coffee at one line. Is that right?
2: That's correct.
0: A little cream. Yep. Yep. So that was a lot of fun. So I think we're <laughs> we're both probably pretty wired and ready to go, right? True. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, friends, we're joined today by Carrie Barrows. And super grateful that you're here with us, Carrie. Uh, how are you doing today?
1: I'm well. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah. Um, thanks for carving out some time. Can you just tell us like, where you are in the world right now? What, uh, Like, where are you? <laughs>
1: um, I'm at my parents' house up in Logan County. This is the town that I work in, which is about an hour outside of Columbus. So.
0: Okay. That's that's uh that seems far so yeah would you would you mind before we launch in? i just want to get my mind around right so right now you're living at your parents place are you living there right now or are you just there right now
1: i'm i just didn't have time to get back to columbus before our conversation
0: got it okay yeah got it okay we'll scratch that
1: then <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>.
0: <laughs> so you but you work there
1: i do yeah
0: okay and so you commute for the most part, like every day, an hour?
1: Most, yeah, most days.
0: Wow, that seems like a long commute.
1: I listen to a lot of audiobooks.
0: That's great. That's great. What have you been listening to recently?
1: Oh, uh, well, I just finished *White Fragility*. Um, I also had a about an eighteen month journey through *Hamilton* because I got it through the library. So I kept losing <laughs> and uh, finally finished that. Yeah, just some kind of all over the place. That's great. I love it.
0: Um, well, Kara, as I mentioned before we turn turned the mics on, uh, Hannah's gonna sort of take lead on our conversation today. And so I'm gonna turn it over. I wish you guys could see the video of Hannah. She's like making that uh, sort of evil eyed um, look. So I'm gonna hand it over to Hannah. <laughs> and uh, just sort of let it rip.
2: This is so exciting for me because I am such a Carrie Barrows fan. And oh it's I, was, I was just in my car, Carrie, and I was thinking like, well, how do I want to start with Carrie? And I'm going to try for this to not sound like a pickup line, but literally the question that came to my mind was just like, where do you come from? It feels like (laughs) you fell from heaven into our community. Um, (laughs) All joking aside, I wonder because I'm I'm sure there are lots of folks that haven't had the privilege of getting to know you um, just yet. So what? uh, Yeah. Like, can you tell us a little bit about just your background and um, Mm -hmm. ultimately sort of how did your path get to us? How did the Abbey get so lucky to have you? And tell us a little bit about how you found us.
1: Oh boy. Um, I don't know how far back we want to go, but um, I came to Columbus for graduate school to become a nurse practitioner and fully intended to leave as soon as possible (laughs) because I grew up in central Ohio, um, but was part of another church community in Columbus and really loved it and uh, decided to stay. and work here. And uh, I think probably early on in my faith, I'd say as a young adult, I was really drawn to more contemplative practices, um, really unsuccessfully that tried to practice meditation and, you know, just more, just a slower pace. And have gone to Anglican churches at different points in my life and um, always kind of thought that out. And the church I was a part of didn't really have those practices as part of their culture. And through some uh, experiences in the last year, year and a half, um, I just got really uh, exhausted spiritually and emotionally. And um, I actually had heard about the Abbey. I didn't realize you were there though, Hannah. It's kind of funny. Um, so I'd heard about the Abbey just kind of around in the background and, uh, my brother is a pastor and he, uh, is a church planner. And so he was wanting to go check out this new church in Columbus. So I just went with him and it was last July and I cried through the whole story. <laughs> um, it was just, uh, I forget who did the Lectio, but it was, um, the woman at the well and um I through the silence Hannah which I think you led um I just remembered the word going through my mind over and over again was just like I'm so thirsty for this like I'm so thirsty for this and so then the lectio was on the one at the well and I just remember encountering God in a way that I hadn't in years um and feeling his specific care for me and I mean it was a journey which you know Hannah about just the decision to leave the other community, but um, it ultimately came down to um, I was meeting with my spiritual director, and we were just kind of talking through what I felt like God was inviting me to, and I felt like it was exploring this part of my faith that I'd always wanted to know more about and hadn't really been in a community that fostered it, and um, so I made the shift in about October, November, and.
2: It's been really wonderful. That's lovely. I love how I love how many details you remember about your first time at the Abbey. That feels really, I don't know, that feels really sweet to me. So thank you for sharing those specifics. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then six months later, COVID hit. So I know we're not really talking about that a lot today, but I just want to acknowledge it is, it is an awkward time to be new in a faith community. And um, Mm -hmm. you know, I felt like, I mean, I'd love to hear what your, you know, experience of that has been, but um, to feel like you're just a no people. And so I don't know, I wonder if you could say a little bit about just how you're finding connection in this, in this season. And um, you know, my experience of you is just that you've been really consistent and, Seem all in with the Abbey, which has been lovely, um, but maybe you're also maybe there's something you're really missing and still thirsting for in this season. So I'd love to hear a little bit more mm-hmm. about that.
1: Yeah, I think um, I have not taken part in the presence that is offered, but I've talked to people that have, and every time I'm like, oh, I need to get on and do that, but it's always during my commute, mm-hmm. and so I need to like either start off for my parents earlier one way or the other. Cause I think um, that, I mean, I'm meeting with my spiritual director weekly now. And so I find that no matter what that set aside time of reflection always brings up so much for me. So I can only imagine like, what that does in the context of a like church community to be sharing that with other people. Um, I think that the friendships that I formed before COVID feel um, pretty much the same, I guess. Like I like still am in touch with the same people and still feel connected to the same people. I think what I miss is the chance to get to know others. Mm. Um, And there were like a few women, I think especially right before COVID hit that I was like working up the courage to talk to (laughs) because I'm an introvert. Mm. Um, um, and so I do look forward to that um, opportunity to keep getting to know people in the group. But I do feel like I have, um, whether it's directly through the Abbey or just people in my life that are really supporting me right now.
2: So. Yeah, that's really lovely. That's really remember, great. remember that time we were supposed to go to Florida in March?
1: I do. Do we have to cry? Is that what this moment's for? <laughs>
0: Well that's right. You guys had a little little trip planned, right?
2: We did. We did. We were right on that on the edge too of like it was pretty uh, new and you know people were debating like do we do this, do we not and it was sad. We would have been on the news. We yeah. would have been those
1: people they were taking pictures of like look at these jokers on the beach in Florida. <laughs> you,
0: you could just go right now. Yeah. I, <laughs> no uh, way.
2: Don't do it.
0: No, don't do it.
2: Hey, um Carrie, tell us about why you're in spiritual direction every week. Can you uh, can you say more about oh, yeah. that? Oh yeah. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> so,
1: I feel like I cut the line to be honest. So I've been meeting with Deborah for almost a year, technically longer, but um, we have been erratic, and so. So. A while, probably the last couple of years, I'd like heard about the Ignatian exercises and I was really curious about them. Um, and then through counseling and then also working with my spiritual director, I just started getting more interested. And so she and I had talked about it in probably January, February and kind of agreed that I wasn't ready um, and that we wanted to have at least a full year of spiritual direction under our belt. And, um, and then in, I think, April, she kind of changed her mind. <laughs> and said, you know, I've been thinking and praying more about it. And I think that this is a great time because of everything that's going on. And, um, oh, we're going to get some dog noises. I'm sorry. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't, I'm, I just started the, as you know, the first week, which is all about sin. So it been fun. So I guess it's I'm like week seven. Mm. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe just for some context for, for folks, um, the spiritual exercises of Saint Ignatius are a, a set of reflections and prayers and scriptures that sort of guide your experience with the Lord and time with the Lord over the course of, in this case, uh, nine months or so. There's this um, journey that Ignatius would take, um, you know, folks through who were considering um, being a Jesuit or training to be a Jesuit priest, and generally it would. Be every single day, eight hours a day sort of journey for these priests, but obviously someone in Carrie's situation and most of our situations, we can't take 30 days to just be with Jesus, even though that would be amazing. Um, (laughs) so Ignatius wrote into these instructions for spiritual directors, uh, what, what he calls an 18th annotation, which is if you can't do this one month, 30 day journey through these exercises, you could do it. In smaller doses over the course of about nine months, and it sounds like that's what you're engaged in now is the 18th annotation of the exercises. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. Okay.
0: Right. Yeah, and then you meet with your spiritual director every single week and mm-hmm. sort of dialoguing about what comes up. And mm-hmm. one more sort of, um, you know, commentary just before I, you know, back back out of this conversation a little bit, but just wanted to give some people some context is that. Um, the exercises are divided into four primary movements. And so when Carrie says that she's in the first week, it's really like the first section and it's all about sin. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) And basically it's a whole, um, you know, in in her case, it's, it's probably almost two months or more of work where you begin to think about your own sin And you begin to really face it head on, like without any shame, without any um, sort of hemming and hawing and making excuses. And so that's sort of, it sounds like you're in week seven of that period.
1: Um, I just started the first week of the week. Oh, got (laughs) it. First week of that section, but seven weeks of having done the exercises, yeah
0: yeah so there's some preliminary work too i forgot um that that's mm-hmm. that that's set up like that so you're you're just in the first bit of beginning to look sort of head on at, at your mm-hmm. sin your patterns of sin in life and we're not going to ask mm-hmm. you about that i don't know hannah might oh, but i don't want to <laughs> oh. yeah, go ahead hannah take it from here i'm gonna get a drink of water <laughs> no.
2: I, I guess here here's the question that's coming up for me as you say that because um you you mentioned earlier in this conversation you just finished the book white fragility um mm-hmm. and you're in sin week <laughs> um as we call it if the exercises and um I mean Jared already kind of said it but how do you resist shame um when you're when you're educating yourself on things like white fragility and you're Mm -hmm. taking extra, giving extra attention to, um, your sin. I just, I don't know if you could speak, how do you do that with, and maintain hope? How do you do that and resist shame? Like what's, what's that like for you?
1: Hmm. Um, I've been reading and listening to a lot of different people, um, and Ibram Kendi's one of them. And I think that he wrote the book How to Be an Anti-Racist and also Stamped from the Beginning. And um, his willingness to admit his own internal racism um, is actually, has actually been really um, helpful for me because, um, and I and I think that uh, Robin D'Angelo addresses this in White Fragility, but um, if we make racism, um, only something that is an attitude or a belief about another person and not necessarily the system and structure mm-hmm. in which we've grown up and been born into, then um, it can only be uh, this, well, like, while it is a horrible evil, it can only be this bad thing that other people have internalized and it's someone else's problem. Um, but if recognizing that it's the system that we were born into, and of course it's going to be in me just, I mean, just like sin, right? Like, of course it's going to be in me. No one, and I think one of the more helpful things that a friend of mine used to say to me about different struggles with sin is no one's surprised by this except for you. Um, God's not surprised, you know, mm-hmm. and I think the same has to be true of racism, that like, this isn't surprising to anyone. It shouldn't be surprising to anyone that we have internalized racism and um, wrong attitudes and beliefs and benefit from a structure that um prefers whiteness and so um i think by just simply accepting that because i mean i definitely was wallowing in shame for sure but i I think um ibram Kendi's willingness to admit that um Mm -hmm. in his own struggle in his own life gave me permission to Mm -hmm. you know admit it for myself
2: Mm -hmm. yeah thank you for sharing that's That's helpful i think i was talking with jared earlier today about just sort of even feeling that um that tension of wanting to encourage people to to do their work but also resist shame so even thinking about you doing the exercises like you're um that's such good work you know it's so so good um Uh, For me, I think there was, there's nothing that compares to the season in which I was doing the exercises in terms of just feeling the intimacy with Jesus and, Mm. um, yeah. And so braving that, um, and also staying connected to our like belovedness as children of God and, um, being able to have some, you know, as Brene would say, shame resilience, um, so anyway, I just have I'm finding myself thinking about that a lot this week. And I appreciate hearing hearing from you. And I think one thing, Carrie, that I've experienced in conversation with you is that you do seem to be pretty well rooted um, in your in your being a child of God. Um, like yeah. you've been walking with God for a long time. And, Clearly there is a um, sense in which it's going deeper now. And um, yeah, it's just really encouraging to hear you articulate some of that. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, I'm
1: really grateful. I feel like uh, the start of it was so intimidating. And I think I shared with you a couple of weeks ago that I was sure I was getting it wrong. Um, (laughs) and so I had a plan for how I was going to go back and redo them all so I could get it right (laughs) and you know uh, Deborah just did a wonderful job reflecting back to me that you know I can't actually mess it up that God is relentless in his pursuit and he's going to accomplish what he wants to yeah so yeah I love that
2: what have been some of the um, gifts of this season? So you're, you're doing some hard work right now, but what, where are you just experiencing, um, you know, just some joy or some faith, hope, and love, as we might say, mm-hmm. where are you noticing that in your life?
1: Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. It's so funny. When I, in February, I was kind of doing a reflection and I started planning out, uh, days of silence and stillness and then obviously COVID <laughs> and um, I've just I think I've heard other people share this like it's been incredibly lonely at times but I've been really grateful for the slowing down um, it's forced me to really decide what um, what I want the shape of my life to take instead of letting the momentum of my life just carry me um so i've been really grateful for that spending more time um reflecting on my life reflecting on um, the relationships that i'm investing in i've been reading a ton Mm -hmm. um, which has been great and then uh in the last month and a half uh i've been hanging out with my family again which has been great and just started holding my niece again Mm -hmm. um which she is like all kinds of 10-month-old goodness so uh, she brings a lot of joy to my life. Um, yeah, I just feel like, uh, you know, the the kind of fear of that quarantine period and what life is going to look like has brought into relief just all of the gifts and um, just how grateful I am for. I just yeah, just really grateful for strategic friendships and family. So
0: really great um hey Carrie something stuck out to me that you said probably 15 or 20 minutes ago so if I could Mm -hmm. maybe make a little bit of a hard turn here um I want to go back to your your visit to the abbey and that sense of being hungry or thirsty for what you experienced on that day Mm -hmm. um obviously I get to have lots of conversations with people who you know, because the shape of my vocation is to try to introduce people into this way of life. I mean, that's what the Abbey mm-hmm. is for. It's what the rest of my life is for. So I'm constantly trying to articulate to people the difference of what we're trying to do. And I'm wondering if if you could maybe say something about what does feel different about being a part of a community that has these practices uh, and a way of life at the center of what we do together versus maybe what you were habituated towards, to use a fancy word, in a more traditional church environment. Mm-hmm. Does,
1: that,
0: does that make
1: sense? Yeah, um, so to get into a little bit of like Enneagram language, which I know you guys have talked about with some people, I am a two with a pretty strong one wing. Um, And so I am hardwired to do, uh, to serve, to um, be the person that, you know, makes people food and like just does all the right things. And I have at many points in my life kind of come to a breaking point where I've just been running myself ragged and the Lord has just been standing on the side like that's that's not my yoke that's not my burden you know like his is light and also he shares it (laughs) it's not just like me running around doing all this stuff um trying to earn this position as like mvp and so uh in other communities that i've been a part of um that tendency has just been given a lot of space and a lot of life and a lot of encouragement and i've been um Really evaluated spiritually on like my ability to check all the boxes and um, to show up to invest to serve to do you know all the different things and um, I was um, I just went through a really difficult season last year that really just stripped me of all capacity to serve anymore. Um, but the encouragement I was getting was when you're hurting, you need to pour out more, you need to serve more and so that's what I was doing and um i i mean I was at the i was <laughs> at the the bottom of the barrel by last July when I came in and it it just felt like this it literally just what it felt like water like it just felt like water when um I was sitting in silence, but Hannah was leading. And then when that passage came up, it was, I just felt like God was saying to me like, I want you to have a full life, not this like barely holding it together life. And it took a long time, you know, I went on a retreat in December and I feel like that was a really, that was the turning point for me in terms of, of God just kind of restoring me um, with energy and capacity, um, because I just wasn't feeling like myself for a really long time. But um, I think what it has felt like is instead of um, all of the invitations to what I can do, um, it's all of the invitations to sit and be and listen, um, which is against the grain of what my nature wants to do, um, but has been what I really needed to Mm. heal and um, just let God, like, and I think that was just like the posture of like open hands, just like letting God care for me and not making my security in him based on what I'm doing to serve him.
0: Wow. That sounds really good. (laughs)
1: it was
2: (laughs) yeah i wonder what we could have you do at the abbey (laughs) how do we put this girl
0: to work (laughs) you know i mean obviously we're joking and we're laughing about that but i was actually having a conversation with um just a leader of some churches in the in the uk um and this is exactly the shape of our conversation is that you know we we often have You know, people serving on Sunday morning, and then we have something going on Sunday night. And then, oh, there's a prayer meeting on Monday, and, you know, there's worship practice on Wednesday, and there's home group on Thursday. And before long, people like they get sort of used up. And we have this sort of language that reveals to us what we think about God in the Christian sort of bubble. We talk about we want to be used by God. And we would never say that about anybody else. Like I would never say, you know, to my kids, I just want you to use me like that. Just that would sound so weird. Mm -hmm. And um, it just instrumentalizes people. And I think that for some odd reason, the church in the United States, at least uh, we have this sort of posture towards people like we need you and your hands to build the church. Mm -hmm. And I get it. Listen, I mean, planting a church is hard. I'm sure you're having conversations, maybe even with your brother who's trying to plan a church. It's, it's really hard
2: mm-hmm.
0: stuff. And yet, um, I just think that if we go slower, more people will have the experience that you're having. And then eventually God will put something in your heart that will sort of make your hands want to go. <laughs> Mm-hmm. in the direction so that's sort of like my uh framework i mean structurally like why we're trying to do what we're trying to do at the abbey i just think you did a really beautiful job of describing it from your own experience
2: mm-hmm. i'm so glad you're here gary
1: <laughs> i am too yeah i was just thinking i've been really encouraged by the conversation I mean it almost feels like eavesdropping I know it's not but by the conversations the two of you have been having like before and after a lot of these podcasts and just hearing what yeah what the heart is behind um the church and the vision and I do feel really encouraged and um I I mean I just hear it all the time to this notice and nurture the work of God in your life like I just hear it over and over because I've heard it from you guys so many times and it seems like that should be obvious but it it isn't you know and it's something that does take reminding especially in our culture
2: yeah um I don't know why but I just feel like asking if there's anything that you're even like needing from us i'm just thinking about you being a single woman living in clintonville commuting to logan county um being in the healthcare profession which has to be kind of chaotic right now and um i don't know maybe it's my two-ness showing up but <laughs> you know we have that bond um Me too. yeah i don't know are you is there anything that you're finding you're needing in this season that the Abbey can, you know, help support you or be for you. Hmm. Would a two even that, know how
0: to answer that question? I know.
2: Right.
0: I love it. That's so wise. Sorry. I couldn't resist uh, sort of.
1: I know. I was like, what do I need? I can think of what, you know, 15 other people need. No. Um, I, Honestly, like, the, the, like, the shutdown was really hard, um, and if that happens again, my answer will probably, <laughs> um, but, uh, which I know no one wants to hear that, um, but right now, I, I honestly feel um, cared for really well, and um, and. I know I've said it to you, Hannah, but I'll say it to you as well, Jared, just really, really grateful to be a part of the community and feel as I've been sharing just, you know, a lot of what I have experienced God doing in my life in the last, you know, eight months is because of the Abbey. And so, um, thank you for the ways that you are caring for me. So, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That is good to hear. Thank you so much. Um, I've shared with Hannah over the past couple of weeks, you know, just so she and I meet every single week to just talk. Yeah. Just about our community. And, um, and I've also just been sharing with my wife, Jamie, um, there are some weeks that I'm just like, there's such amazing things happening in the life of the church in our church. And I can see it and I can feel it. And other weeks, I sort of wake up on a Monday and I'm like, I think, I think we still have a church. Like it's sort of like because mm-hmm. because it's like not gathering and I, and I know that that's sort of like a, the worst of sort of the way that my mind thinks. But I, I'm I'm just trying to say that for me to hear you narrate some of the small ways that the Abbey's been able to create space for you and hold your process um, is so encouraging, particularly during this sort of COVID shut down when all of the all the things we love about church of course are just they just don't exist as much (laughs) seeing each other singing together they're very tangible things and so um, thanks for sharing your story it it creates one of those tangible things at least for me that is so
2: helpful and encouraging
1: yeah and I've been excited like as you've been talking over the last few weeks of just like reimagining what church can be and look like because i think there's more indicators than just covid that some fundamental things need to shift in the american church and it's like i feel so excited about church on sundays even though i'm not going to be able to hug anybody besides my dog um it's like um i really i'm always anticipating what God's gonna do and what's gonna happen. And so I it's taking a different shape and it'll probably continue to take different shapes. But it's for me at least exciting to be reimagining what the next phase could be.
2: I appreciate that hopeful voice. <laughs> That's
0: good. (laughs) Yeah, say more about that, Anna. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Did you say something pastoral?
2: Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I know we're probably nearing our time, but can I try something, can I try like a lightning round? I just want to ask you like some fun questions. All right, well, sure. Okay, so. Have you picked up any hobbies or returned to any hobbies in the time of COVID is my first question.
1: I'm, I mean, I'm a crafter. Everyone probably knows I knit all the time. I've just been continuing. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Lots of knitting. I love it.
1: Lots of knitting. So many babies being born right now.
2: (laughs) Yes. That's, that's a good point. It's a good point. What? Um, is some of your favorite like music and or if you're not a music person podcast that you've been listening to lately?
1: Thank you for not asking me about music. Um, podcasts. I have been listening to The Daily, This American Life, uh, Brene Brown. Um, I have to limit my political podcast intake because I get too angsty. Um, so those are good few. you. That's
0: great. Um, Have you can I can I chime in here for a second? Yeah. Um, you know Malcolm Gladwell's podcast Revisionist History has a new season yeah. that just came out. Um, oh, I didn't know. Yeah, he's like three or four episodes in, so you got to check it out. That that podcast is so freaking good. It's so freaking. I love good. it.
1: Yeah. Have you read his new book, Talking to Strangers?
0: Yeah. Well, I actually listened oh, to so it. Good. I listened to it. Me on, too. Which <laughs> it sounds like basically like a. Five hour podcast is basically it's what phenomenal. it's So good. Yeah. So
2: good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Last question. What's Bye. your favorite thing about yourself? Oh, my soul. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a speed round question. That's yeah. Not that's not a lightning round, round, round question,
0: <laughs> but on. We'll, let, we'll let it slide.
2: Nope.
1: Oh, my gosh. um Well, it's, it's my blessing and my curse. I think I care well for people. Hmm. or try to
2: yeah why is it a blessing and a curse uh because i love offering care to people who don't necessarily want it
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh yeah that's so helpful mm -hmm. actually some maybe some listeners are like wait that's a thing yes (laughs) yes i do it it is a thing i love it
2: okay well thanks for entertaining my my pseudo lightning around. no problem
0: (laughs) um i do i just have a very practical question can you say more about what you do there in logan county
1: yeah um so i'm a family nurse practitioner so i work in an internal medicine practice three days a week seeing uh 18 to i have like a 93 year old patient and then i work one day a week seeing kids which today was my kids day so i see like I had a five-day-old baby today and 16-year-old. Wow. Yeah, kind of all over the map.
2: That's really great. Mm -hmm. That's really great. Are you taking new patients?
1: I am. And if you drive to Bill Fountain to see me for your new patient appointment, we can do all the follow up virtually. (laughs) We're doing telehealth now because of COVID.
0: There you go. Yeah. It is good to know. Well, uh, yeah, like Carrie, thanks so much for joining us. And, um, thanks for showing up on Sunday. So, so faithfully. And obviously, you know, that's for those of you that are listening that, um, have a hard time showing up, uh, on a Sunday, like we know that this is a hard time for everybody and, and, uh, you know, there's no shame in, in not showing up. I just want to be really clear in that. But I also, want to Mm just say to you Carrie? that just seeing your face there so consistently um is a is a form of ministry to the community like there's a sense of presence that you are actually offering Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um even when your dog tries to eat a squirrel in the middle of church or a rabbit is a rabbit wasn't it that was a
2: baby rabbit yeah oh my god yeah i missed that somehow
1: everyone was praying except for jared so he's the only one who saw it
2: I pray with my <laughs>
0: eyes open. <laughs> oh, wow. So okay. our friends, uh, blessings to you. And uh, those of you that are listening, just, uh, you know, stay tuned, stay engaged. We are going to continue offering presents. Um, though I will just say that the month of August would be a pare down that a little bit to give some folks a little bit of a break. But I think even on the other side of COVID, whenever that might be I think we're recognizing that this uh practice of presence that we have online has actually been quite helpful to people in our church and so I think it's a it's a gift uh, from from COVID to us uh and it might only be the only gift that COVID gives us so (laughs) (laughs) all right guys blessings to you This is what it will be like the first 20 years when people colonize Mars.